Our first lesson is from Acts chapter 16. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made direct voyage to Samothrace and the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there would be a place of prayer and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come there. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We rise. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask my name, and you will ask in my name, and I, I do not say to you that you will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Now you are speaking plainly and not using figures of speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Continue. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Stay with us, Lord, and keep us true. Preserve our faith our whole life through. Your word alone, our heart's defense, the church's glorious confidence. Amen. In our gospel reading from last week, which was also from John chapter 16, it was the verses immediately preceding this one, we heard about a back and forth that Jesus had with his disciples, and it was questioning about something that Jesus said to them, a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. And the disciples didn't understand what that meant. 
And it ended with this verse, Jesus saying, Therefore you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. So kind of the key to what it is they were questioning was the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. It has the sorrow of the crucifixion followed by the joy of the resurrection. And that is what would bring the disciples a joy that Jesus says no one could take from them. It's obviously the theme of the season of Easter. And since it is Jesus' resurrection that confirms joy in the hearts of believers, that is the very thing that the devil and the world will aim their lies at. This is what Pastor Walther was talking about last week. We pointed out that lies are the method of the devil. They are used to tear down truth. They are used to confuse us. They are used to draw us away from the truth, especially the truth about the risen Lord. The devil knows that he cannot force you to not believe. And so instead, he works hard at getting you to give up on the truth, like Pontius Pilate. Thus, we have a world full of fake news. Thus, we have many different criticisms of the Bible and Christianity. Thus, we have the smokescreen today of so much information, so much information out there. All of it is only a few keystrokes away. Any question you want, type it into Google, and in a fraction of a second, you will have answers displayed before you. Are the answers correct? Who knows? And if you get to pick the answer, are you sure it's the truth? How would you ever know? In the verses we have from John 16 this week, Jesus follows up by encouraging his disciples to pray and to pray that their joy may be full. Our reading ended with a verse I'm sure many of you recognize, Jesus saying, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So you see just how realistic in John 16, as as elsewhere in the scriptures, just how realistic Jesus is about the life that lays ahead for his disciples. Tribulation, lies, sorrows. Yes, he doesn't try to hide that at all. But at the same time, peace. And to be clear, the peace that he is talking about is is not a technique of calming mindfulness that Jesus teaches his disciples. Neither is it some kind of alcohol or narcotic-aided, take-the-edge-off kind of peace. And it's not something where you are going to see how all of the pieces fit together and then get it and be at peace with it. It's not what Jesus says. The world will offer you all of those as substitutes. The world will advertise those things to you. The world will endorse them with credentialed experts. But that is not what Jesus said. Because none of that stuff is the resurrected Lord. Look carefully at what Jesus says. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. 
The peace that Jesus tells them about is found in him and in him only. And we find him in his words. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. The peace that we as Christians have flows from the word of God. That word draws us to Christ as a shepherd calls out and draws his sheep after him. This is what we heard Jesus saying a few weeks ago. So the word of God draws us into a relationship with the true God. The spirit speaks of Christ. Christ is the one who died and rose for us. We are united to him in our baptism. It is his body and blood that we feed off of. And he tells us today, his father is the one who loves us. Not because we have impressed the father, but because we love Christ and believe in him. And so you, you know that. You knew that. You've probably known that for years, decades. And so listen to how boring it may sound to us. It's not. It is a work of salvation of the true God. But I think you can feel how unexciting it, it is to ears that get dulled constantly by lies and diversions. Because we know how much our ears perk up when something more exotic is suggested. How much we like to learn new ways of dealing with the tribulations of the world. New ways of getting over sorrows. Something more effective so that these tribulations don't hurt or sadden or enrage us as much as they do. So the devil in the world say, come on, pick one. Try it out. What are you afraid of? What has Christ done for you lately? Do you feel at peace? Do you look around? You see other people trying the new stuff out. They leave five-star reviews. And you do wonder why you can't seem to feel like you think that you should. Jesus says, ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus tells us, in times of danger, and these are times of danger, you should pray. Pray for the joy that comes of knowing that Jesus has risen from the dead. Pray during tribulations that in Jesus you would have peace. This is one of the lines I love from the offertory. It is a prayer that we are about to sing here in a few minutes. And it says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. That line is pulled directly from Psalm 51, a prayer that is written down for us to use. Jesus says, in times of trouble, and these are times of trouble, listen to God's word, meditate on that, and then be of good cheer, because Christ has overcome the world. One thing you will notice about this advice from Christ is that his answer is remarkably confining. His answer is not like picking your own answer, which is one of our favorite things to do. But his answer is confining because it is the truth. Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus has conquered death. 
The answer that Jesus repeatedly points us back to is nothing other than his victory for us. It's not based on how we happen to feel at the moment. It's not based on how we feel about what is going on in the world. It's not based on science or techniques or pharmaceuticals. It is based on the victory of Easter. It is based on the victory that we see first in Jesus' resurrection, but we know that he has promised to each and every one of us. Now, he says, now we will have times of sorrow. Now we will have tribulations. But he has overcome the world. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.